right, all right, hey, what's up? What are you doing, man? How cool is it? You know, they're sitting there doing what you're doing, got tomorrow, you made it to Wednesday. Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about, hump day, damn right. Damn right, let's go ahead and do this thing. How you doing today, man? You you living your dream? How's the dream, the American dream, right? You got the debt, you got the you got the loans, and you're working, and of course, there's probably a good chance the job you're doing kind of sucks, or maybe sucks a little, or maybe sucks a whole a whole bunch. Oh, damn. Why'd you do it? Why'd you do it? Why do we all do it? I did it. I did it. I, I spent 40 years playing exactly the same game. In fact, I, I got so lost, caught up in it that I actually decided, I made a decision. I said, well, you know, if I stopped playing my guitar, which I love playing my guitar, I could probably work more. So that's what I did. In fact, when I got done working at my regular job, I went ahead and created more work for myself. I got more work on. I worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. And and then one day I said, wait a minute, I'm not having much fun working. How's that feel? When are you going to stop and say, wait a minute, I'm not having that much fun working. If today's that day, you've come to the right place. When we come back. All right, just so you know, I'm not trying to tell you to do shit. Don't even, I mean, I don't, that's not why I'm here. I'm here to, to make sure that I tell me to do shit. I make sure that I look at what I think. And there's a lot of information coming in. I guarantee if there was anything we need to do more of, it's spending time kind of deciphering and breaking out all the bullshit they keep driving down our throats, right? Every, every place you look, someone's telling you something or there's some idea being presented to you in some form or the other, right? And those form your opinions and your ideas. And what's funny is it's so convenient, right? It's so friggin' convenient because there is absolutely no true tangible way to check the validity of anything. Because for every position you have, for every debated topic you have, there's like a million positions on both sides. Well, this is what we see in this document and, and studies show, right? And all, of course, it's all bullshit. So what do we do about that? What do you do about that in defining the course that actually gives you the most benefit for all the hard work you're putting in? That's really the question. I have the answer for you. I do. I promise I have the answer for you. It might be a little bit difficult for you to understand at first, but if you just kind of sit back and consider it, I guarantee by the time we get done talking, you're going to be in a position where you're like, wow, man, I wish you'd have told me that sooner when we come back. So here's the here's the question I'm going to pose to you, and it's a really simple question. So if you were to find the truth in anything, where would you could you guarantee you would find truth? If you were to look at all of the resources around you and all of the places where truth should exist, where do you suppose the most likely place would be for you to find honest-to-goodness truth? I'll give you a minute. Oh, yeah, kind of baffled you, didn't I? It's within you. There's one place where you'll always be able to say, this is who I am and this is what I've done and I can verify this because this is my experience. So if that's the case, then it seems to me that wouldn't you want to stick as close to the truth as you can? Because if you can't verify the validity of any information that's shared with you, what's the, what's the value of that as a whole? You look at things about January 6th or about any any hot button topic in the world and you can find so much information on either side of it that there's no real there's no middle at all so what do you have to do you have to turn to yourself and you have to define the truth based on who you are right what does that look like well it's real simple 
Let's see. I, I know the story about the American dream is that we're all happy and having a really great time. But when I look at myself and how I interact with the world as a result, I don't see much happiness. And because that's, it's clear in the faces of everyone I seem to meet. I mean, God forbid, I try and get people to smile at me all the time. And guess what I get? I get downward looks or they're on their phone or they look away. And all I keep thinking is, huh, so maybe the bullshit they tell us about owning a brand new vehicle or financing a new house or having this or having that is not the secret to endless happiness and success. And where do I come to that conclusion, to that truth? Within myself. Because I know I did everything that most people are doing. I had the house, the car, the kids, the debt, all that stuff. And I love my wife and my kids. But I'll tell you what, there are a long list of things that I enjoy doing more than taking care of a house, than mowing a lawn on Saturday, than shoveling gravel in a driveway for two weekends in a row just so the dirt around me can look better. Now, here is the truth and why this is important to you. It's because you do realize if you take a look around at the weather and at the world and at the wars and at the people who are dying and the people who are killing and all of this crap that's going on, there's a real good chance you're probably running out of time. And I mean, I'm talking big time, right? Let's face it. What thing in the world is going to come in and make and intervene in all this craziness, right? I, I, I'm still trying to swallow it all down because it's like nuts, right? So there's nothing that you can see, and of course, unless you know something I don't know, that's actually going to come in and say, oh, okay, he's going to save it. And then there's these grumblings underground. They're like, you know, I think it's, I think it's God. I think God's coming. I think God's coming. Churches are starting to fill up. People are like starting to get the spirit, right? They're starting to work on that kindness thing when they're among their own, when they're hanging with people just like them. Yeah, and then they go out into the world, and of course, we see what happens then, right? You think I'm wrong? I had a friend of mine get shot dead or he, dead. I don't know if he got shot, but he ended up dead in a road rage incident. And all I keep thinking is, Jesus Christ, how important was it for you to make that appointment that you're willing to engage in an activity that ends up with someone being dead? And, of course, no uh, no one can see it, right? We, we, we're so oblivious to it because, you know, we're so caught up in our own lives. We don't have time to worry about what the hell other people are going through, right? And, of course, that's indicative of the fact that we don't talk. Can you imagine what it would be like to sit in a cancer ward where parents are struggling alongside their children for because their children have cancer? Can you imagine how much more connection you're going to have than seeing a, lay, a picture on Facebook of some poor face? Huh. I think they're tricking us. I really do. Um, one more time, I'm going to run this by you one more time and run some questions by you one more time and hopefully maybe by the time you get done with this you're going to actually figure some of this out see here's the deal it doesn't matter what you believe the only thing that matters is how does it feel and what is, what is the impact on your life i don't give a shit what you believe i don't care what you believe i don't care what you do you need to care about that i'm just trying to say hey listen maybe you should care about what you're doing Maybe you should spend a little more time, keep your nose out of other people's business in Facebook and all this social media shit. Maybe you should just take a look around your house and say, I'm probably not doing very good. My house is a friggin' mess. My car is a mess. My life is a mess. I'm not accomplishing anything. I'm not going anywhere. I mean, let's, let's face it. If the world is coming going to an end, don't you think you should have a little bit of fun or enjoy some of it or actually be able to accomplish something before you run out of time? God, I hope so. I mean, that's what, that's all I'm thinking, right? One more time. Let me break it down for you. It's really simple. It's three simple steps, and it starts with you when we come back. 
Okay, so it starts with you, right? And what I mean when I say that is that basically all energy, all energy excitement, every all your true potential in accomplishing anything begins with you. And what is the drive behind that ability to accomplish anything? It is your connection to that thing. So just close your eyes and imagine anything that you really love to do, even though maybe it's a lot of work, maybe it's mountain climbing or hiking or mountain biking or skiing or whatever it is, but you just really enjoy it. You don't have a whole lot of trouble facing that challenge to get all that stuff stacked up and put away and packed up and loaded in the car so you can go spend two weeks in Destin, Florida on the beach. It's really not a difficult proposition. In fact, there's probably a good chance that if that was in your future, you'd be thinking about it most days. You'd be like, oh man, 30 days till we get to go on vacation, 20 days till we get to go on vacation. Because when you're connected to who you are when you're doing things that inspire you and energize you it's it's really easy to find the energy to to accomplish to overcome whatever the hurdles are and there's where we fall down in the majority of our choices see there's a story being told about how great this life is going to be and how and how great it is right i mean of course and and despite what we see and that is i see a lot of angry people i see a lot of frustrated people go drive the highway on in rush hour you ain't seeing a bunch of people smiling, just enjoying the experience, just getting there when they get there. No, you're seeing a bunch of frustrated, angry people with more on their plate than they have time for and no end in sight. And unfortunately, there's a good chance that you're probably part of that pack. Now, the question is why? Why does it have to look like that? And it's because they have set the standard for what is success. And what does that include? Well, it happens to include a big house and a big mortgage and houses and cars and debt. Despite everyone knows that debt's a bad thing, but they got the commercial right. They keep selling the idea, and people are like, oh, my God, i got to buy a house. Yeah, but interest rates are high. Well, I don't know, but i got to buy a house. They're disappearing off the market. Just poof. Imagine being able to wake up, and granted, you're not, you're not, you maybe you still live in the same house. Hell, I don't know. But you actually have some cash, and with that cash, you have some choices. And because you've streamlined your life, and you don't need to work quite so much, now you have a little extra time. And instead of just following the crowd and going, oh, this is, I guess this is what we do. Oh, all right, all right, I'll, I'm just, I'm right there with you, bro. Just like you, just like you. You actually stopped for a minute and said, hmm, what would I like to do? And then you tapped your partner on the shoulder and said, hey, babe, what, what would you like to do? We got a little extra time. And she said, well, you know, we kind of did what everybody else is doing. And I got tired of being tired and sick and tired and tired. So let's maybe do something different crazy right is it really possible that it could actually start just like that and actually the answer is yes so why isn't it why aren't we doing it why isn't it happening well as it turns out there is a conspiracy Ooh, that's that word right conspiracy there is a conspiracy to keep you from thinking about you there's a conspiracy to keep you from considering the truth and the shit you believe and if you don't grab a hold of that, understand the source of that, and start taking control of your own choices, you're probably not going to be able to ever get where I'm talking about going. The good news is it's easier than you think. And if you stick around, um, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about when we come back. All right, so I retired in 2016, January 2016, and between then and now, I have listened to probably 130 Audible downloads, including uh, Brene Brown, The Power of Vulnerability, um, Carnegie's uh, How to Influ- Make Friends and Influence People. I mean, just a, a massive library of information, and, and a lot of those books I've listened to at least more than once, right? So 
Knowledge is power, and the reason that we end up stagnant is because there comes a point in the cycle of our lives and our development based on cultural standards, right, how everyone else does it. We're not able to actually, we don't, that's, this isn't integrated into it. The world isn't telling you, hey, listen, you need to get smarter about your finances. There aren't, these car dealers aren't saying, listen, I know you, I know you really love the car and I love that truck and I'd love to sell it to you, but what's this going to do for the rest of your life? I mean, how is it going to impact the amount of hours you work and the time with your family and the quality of your life? They're not telling you that. You know why? Because they don't give a shit. And they don't have to give a shit. They don't, it's not their responsibility to make sure your life is rocking and rolling. Whose responsibility is that? Oh, no way. What? Oh, there's that assign and blame thing. It's not a blame thing at all. It's just a responsibility. I guarantee you, no matter what you do, the world doesn't give two shits about it. The people around you, your close circle of influence, sure, they care about it, but no one else does. So why are we fooling ourselves into thinking, well, you know, I'm on Facebook. I'm showing pictures of me doing the same thing as you're doing. Oh, well, you're impressive. Well, so are you. I like your stuff. Well, I like your stuff too. For what? To what end? Right? I mean, that's really the, the point of it. To what end? You spend two hours on any social media platform. What are you getting for it? Absolutely nothing. What are you giving for it? Everything you got. Because while you're sitting there staring down at that damn screen, your life is passing you by. I hope you have the time for that. I'm sure someone didn't if you think about it, right? I mean, let's put this thing in perspective. You do realize, you do realize that someone didn't, didn't make it today. Some guy went to bed last night, some wife, some grandma, some grandpa, somebody somewhere went to bed last night, and the lights didn't come on this morning. You understand that, right? That's just how quick it happens, right? Can you really afford to be wasting time looking at a screen like a video game? Now, there is the exception, of course. There's always the exception. If you wake up every day and you can't imagine anything else, and as a result of your actions, you're your journey, your life continues to get better and you become better within it. And pretty soon there's, you become unstoppable, then hell do what you're doing. But that's not exactly what social media does. Social media gets your attention long enough for you to disseminate as much information as you possibly can while consuming as much as information as they can feed you. It's like a buffet of information. They take yours and then they stuff you full of theirs. Wow. There's another, I don't think there's a better combination for figuring out who the, who your enemy is, how to control someone. Let's see, they're going to tell me everything about them, and then I get to manipulate them by feeding them information about me and about what I want them to think. And eventually, guess what? They're going to do it. No way. Yeah, no way. If you don't think that's the truth, I got a great example for you. I guarantee you're going to kind of chuckle at this one, but it's true when we come back. All right, so I don't want to I don't want to step on anybody's toes here, but I know what it's been named. The label of the life that we live and the package that we all buy off on is called the American Dream. It's been called the American Dream since its inception, right? The ads have all said the American Dream in some form or the other, basically touting these choices, this collection of choices that make our life so much better. And if you think back when there were farmers and stuff like that, right, and they were working their ass off and they were tilling the ground and then some rich guy comes up and says, hey, listen, I got an idea. I'll buy your farm from you for almost nothing and then I'll go ahead and get you set up in this house over here and you you don't have to work as hard anymore. You can get a better job. And those farmers are probably going, oh, that's crazy. Oh, my God, that's the dumbest thing ever. Never heard of such a thing. And what did these businessmen do? They said, oh, no, no, I got an idea. How about this? Let's go ahead and give you a little bit more on this deal. We're going to go ahead and give you a house, but then we're going to give you a crop of your own. And the farmer's like, what? You can let me grow stuff too? And they're like, oh, yeah, we can let you grow stuff. You can can grow grass. And he said he kind of chuckled. He looked at his friend thinking, is he going to buy it? Is he going to buy it? 
And the farmer said, well, grow what? Yeah, grow grass. Oh, make your house cool. Look good. You can stand out front. Look at your neighbors. They'll do the same thing. You can see whose lawn is greener. Because I guarantee no matter where you're standing, you look across the fence, his lawn's going to be greener. That farmer's like, well, I don't know. Hmm, maybe. Yeah, oh, easier life. Sure. That's as easy, that's as, easy as it gets. And ever since then, ever since they got that first farmer to sell his farm and move into the move into the suburb, move into the city where life gets really fun, and then go ahead and get in debt for all that shit he's in debt for, that was the cycle, and then they kept saying it. Oh, the American dream. Oh, yeah, I'm happy. Oh, you happy? I'm happy, too. And, and of course, we don't talk about how miserable we are. That's, a, that's, a, that's no place for, you don't put that kind of shit on Facebook. You don't talk about how depressed you are because you can't seem to get ahead on your bills. You're not going to tell anyone in the world that you're doing math or you're cooked on fentanyl or you're over there swimming in credit card debt. You don't know what the hell to do. You're paying one card with the other and it's just a mess, right? God forbid. We got to show these happy faces so everybody keeps playing the game. And what's ironic about that is in amid this, right, amid all this, these amazing choices we've been taught to make, we got two wars cooking. We got the president of the United States in the Middle East. We're getting ready. Hell, who knows what's coming? And I bet if I go on your Facebook page, you're posting pictures about flowers and lilies and how great life is. Hmm. And now you wonder why you are where you are. I'm going to talk about getting out of it. Let's just talk about changing something. It's easier than you think. You've already got the school skills. You've already got everything you need to get it done. All we have to do is pick a new plan when we come back. All right, so let's dig into this thing about the plan. All right, let's face it. The plan that you're in right now, you know where it goes. All you have to do is look at someone who's doing the same thing as you, has done the same thing in you, and is 20 years older. And you'll see what you're going to get. That's that's you, right? And what's why is that important is because if that's not where you want to be, if that's not your rock and roll life, and you're thinking, damn, that kind of look, that looks kind of sucky. I don't want to do that. I don't want to retire at 65, be overweight and on nine prescriptions and unable to get out of a chair. Not really. That doesn't look that appealing to me. Then once you gain that perspective and you accept that, the only difference is okay. What's what's your what's your next 20 years going to look like? I mean, if you don't want to end up like that, you might want to change something about what you're doing. Maybe, maybe, maybe no one gives a shit if you own a big ass fancy house. Maybe you could do better if you only paid $2,000 a month. If you didn't actually have a $4,000 mortgage for a house, you never have time to actually spend any time in, right? You're not actually there a lot, right? And when you are, you're sleeping or getting ready to leave. So, wow, there's a, there's a thought, a new plan, huh? Maybe the new plan could be that instead of working against each other in your relationship, you decide, hey, listen, I've got a plan. Why don't we work as a team? No, it doesn't even have to do with liking each other. It's just about making it easier. So if I see shit that needs to be done, I'll do it, and you do stuff, and, and we'll talk about our plan and where we're going. And then eventually, if we keep talking about it long enough, maybe we'll get there, and on the way, maybe we'll become friends again. No way. What? Oh. Maybe the plan should be you start walking with your family or your friends and start building on it. Or or maybe the plan could be that you actually take a look at something that you'd like to change in your life. And then instead of sitting around and talking about it, you actually decide that every day at the same time, you're actually going to take action on it. No way. And what would really be cool, just listen here, this is really important. What would really be cool is if the thing you were getting ready to do was kind of exciting, you know. Like how, how exciting it was for me to realize that when I'm nicer to my wife, she's nicer to me. 
And when I do more for her, she does more for me. And when, when that happens and we do it together, life gets easier for both of us, right? Oh, no way. What? Yeah. And, of course, the crazy part about it was me and Sandy are in uh, Destin, Florida, and we're doing our thing. We're rocking and rolling it, and we're, we're having a friggin' great time. And all of our friends are sitting back home where they were when we left, and they're thinking about how crazy we are for what we're doing. And all I keep thinking is, you know, I haven't mowed a lawn in, like, eight years. I don't think I'll ever mow another lawn. I mean, I might, maybe I'll just jump on there and help my son-in-law or something, but he has a lawn service. And the reason I don't mow a lawn is because it isn't that much fun compared to all the other stuff I get to do, right? It's really that simple. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it. And that's the issue. There are two reasons you're not able to move forward on anything. We come back, we're going to break that out for you. And once that can of worms is opened, there's no stopping you. So there are only, there are two reasons why we don't take action. The first is acceptance. When we accept where we are, of course, there's no motivation for us to change it. In other words, we have to have some force that acts upon it that makes us uncomfortable with where we are, some aspect of our lives before, to, before we can move it. So when we accept it, what we're basically saying is, well, there's nothing I can do. I guess I'm done. And then you just let life lead you around and you stay on that same exact path with no upward mobility, no growth, right? And the second reason that we fall down is because of our fear. It's really hard to move forward when the place we're going, we've never been before. It's just scary. That's just the way it is. It's a herd mentality, right? You don't see when you see all the water buffalo crossing the river and there's all those crocodiles in it, despite the fact that you're seeing your buddies that get drug and drug, drug down, there's a fear within that that someone would, one of those water buffalo would actually go upstream where the crocodiles aren't and just go ahead and go across, right? It's just, you're not going to do it. And that's the same with us. So how do you overcome those two issues, those two major issues? Well, the first is in order for you to find inspiration in where you're going, you have to define it, right? In order for you to step away from accepting where you are, you have to have some place that you want to be. And that's where we get into trouble because, let's face it, how much information, how much time do you take every day to think about the outcome of your choices, the true outcome? I'm not talking about the bullshit, my life is good, I'm happy choices. I'm talking about the real choices. How much time have you spent in the last 24 hours thinking about whether you should be drinking what you're drinking or why your choices about what you're doing are so amazing? And let's face it, the truth is, if you really think about it, they're not. Think about how much energy you draw from the things you do from the time you get up in the morning until the time you go to bed. I mean, there are those moments. There are moments with friends and maybe with family and with our children. There are certain moments that we do appreciate and we wouldn't trade for anything. But for the most part, the actions we take every day aren't driven by what inspires us. In fact, most of the choices we're making are simply made because of the same choices that everyone around us has made, right? So we're like, well, this, this, uh, I guess this has to be where you cross the river, right? Even though we're crossing a river into a bunch of crocodiles, just like those water buffalo. I mean, let's face it. You can say what you want about how great it is to live in a big-ass house, but the bottom line is you're in debt because of it, and it strapped you down. You're not going anywhere for a long time, right, at least for 30 years. And then you think about the dynamic that they're promising you, right? What do they promise you? Oh, you know, you, you retire and you, you get to retire when you're 65 or 68 or 70 or 78. And then you need a bunch of money for a couple of years and then you're going to die. And again, and of course, that's the big dream. That's what we're shooting for, even though I've already stated the reality, right? You got to stop accepting where you are. And the only way you do that is by saying, you know what? I think I want to do something else. Now, this is where the fear comes in. And I understand fear. Sandy understands fear because when we were living our conventional life, we'd lived that way for a long time. And if there was anyone who liked stability, it was me. I worked in a federal prison. I like to know what the hell's going on and where I'm going, right? What's coming, right? 
But we got this idea. We're like, why am I mowing a lawn? And she's in the house, cleaning a house. No one's in there. The kids are all out of the house. We're empty nesters. And I'm like, why? And it got scary. It was really scary. But we kept talking about it. We was asking, what, what do you think? I don't know, honey. It's so scary, but I want to travel. My wife was born in the same town that we grew up in. And she'd lived there all her life. She had never lived any place else. And yet here we are, we're talking about, well, you know, maybe we could travel. We talked about sailboats and then we settled on RVs. And of course, getting rid of stuff, that's when the shit really gets scary, right? And that's, the again, the reason why you're not moving. But there was a point in our journey when it got so exciting because we'd spent so much time talking about it and planning for it that we was actually, we're like, man, I can't wait to get it done. And that's the breakthrough moment. That's when where you want to be is more attractive, more inspiring, more energizing than where you are. And the ticket to getting past that fear and the, and the acceptance of the life you live, it's to create a story in your head that's so great and to understand what you do, what you want to do so well that you draw inspiration from it that drives you to the next step, the final step, and that is action. 2016, we had everything sold in the house by August of 2016, and the RV was on the market. I mean, the house was on the market, and we were living full-time in an RV. How? Because we woke up one day, and we said, do we like this more than this? And we continued to look at it, and the more we thought about Bar Harbor, Maine, and Bangor, Maine, and Destin, Florida, and Mesa, Arizona, and Oregon, and Texas, and all of these amazing places, the more we realized, wait, it would be pretty cool to wake up 100 yards from the beach, wouldn't it? And so that's what we did. And it got big enough, and one day, guess what? We pulled the trigger. That's the bottom line. The only reason you're not moving where you want to go, the only reason you're not waking up inspired isn't because you don't know how to work hard, because I guarantee that's not the truth. It's hump day. You've been working hard all week. It's because you just haven't taken the time to pick something better than where you are. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't make sense. It certainly does to me. I'm living debt-free. My wife and I retired at 54. We live in an apartment because I know I know a few things about me. I know I don't like mowing lawns. I don't like doing maintenance. And I know I like going to the gym and doing podcasts and working on my book and having all the free time. I have the entire day to myself. Why? Because I defined it. I kept talking about it, and I made it happen. It's really that simple. Hey, listen, we're going to button this thing up with a few ideas, a few things you can take with you. Um, hope you'll stick around. And I got to tell you, it sure is a good thing I'm doing this for the right person. I'm doing it for me. Otherwise, I'd have quit a long time ago. It works. I guarantee that. When Sandy and I hit the road in our fifth wheel, uh, I said seven years. And what was ironic about that was we had planned on staying in it seven years, and we actually sold it seven years to the day that we purchased it. So if you want to talk about the significance of predicting your future and planning and, and purpose and defining where you want to be in life and having a better vision for yourself than you do, there is nothing nothing better than that. I Woke up one day and I looked at my wife and I wanted it to be one of those rom-com romances where she just loves me and there's no stress and there's no arguments and we're just the perfect partners. And guess what? We, we, we've gotten to cl- as close to that as I think anyone can. So until next time, listen, I really appreciate what you're doing. I'm going to start doing a, a live podcast every day at the same time. Watch for that. Um, don't forget to launch every action from a platform of kindness. It'll make you better and it'll make the world a better place. Don't let the idea of being displaced 
counsel you. There, there are things we need to say, and if you don't say them, who will? Until next time, my name is Chris Hawkes, and this is Your Best Life. Be fine. Have a wonderful day.